the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Bora, hey, iconic army. How are y'all coping with the possibility of D3? Because, oh my gosh, oh we're my so gosh. excited. It could be released now. We don't know. Any minute. Any minute. Any moment. Um, unless we're literally Delulu clowns and we're reading into all of these hints. But I think it's coming. Um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. D3, the possibility of it has really gotten me through today because... You guys, let me tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. um, this is why the episode is coming out probably a day late, because yesterday on Monday when we were supposed to record, um, I decided to take Rosie on our little miniature schnauzer on a quick walk before heading over to Bethany's to record. And because uh, it's such a nice day, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was on cloud nine. I was like literally singing and dancing around my neighborhood on this walk. Like the sun was the out. The it sun was like was almost 60 degrees outside yeah. after we had like a bunch of snow. Yeah. Yeah. And then on my street that my house is on, literally five houses away from my house, um, a neighbor's dog jumped out of their back fence and came over and attacked Rosie and me i mean not mm -hmm. me directly but like attacked rosie and bit down on her like back left haunch and like i was like wrestling them away screaming for people to come help come get your dog whatever all of these people like the neighbors right there like were like standing in their yards there was like all these people standing around like not doing anything just watching and then this dog like i'm trying to rosie is running around terrified but she's like caught by my leash you know and so she like can't get away and um Anyways, then this dog goes and clamps down on Rosie's neck. And that's when I, I mean, I was already freaking out, but that's when like my screaming went to a whole new level. I didn't even know that I could make sounds like that, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like, it was like a big dog and Rosie is like 24 pounds. This dog is probably 80 pounds. Oh and my gosh. It's like clamped down on her neck. And finally this dog's owner came out and got it and got it away. And it was horrible and terrifying and traumatic and literally the worst seriously thing traumatic seriously it's a dog traumatic attack. i've yeah. been having flashbacks all day i think i'll you know have ptsd from it i definitely have trauma from it and it was the most terrifying experience ever and mm -hmm. you know like i felt so helpless i felt like it was an eternity that i was trying to get this dog off of rosie 
before I got any help. And I thought that I was about to watch her get killed by yeah. this dog. Like, Well, how frightening that you're like trying to protect your dog and save your dog. But how do you even like pry an 80 pound dog yeah, off of like your I couldn't even, tiny dog? Yeah. I couldn't even pick up Rosie or get her away from it. You know, couldn't yeah. get the dog away from us or shield her long enough to pick her up or anything. Like it was it was just awful. Mm -hmm. And so that was that happened literally like. 10 minutes before I was supposed to leave home. Like I was about to end my walk, drop Rosie off and drive over to here. your place to record. Mm -hmm. um, and instead we, uh, we found that she had a puncture wound in her neck from this dog. And we had to go talk to the dog's owners and get vaccination records, which thankfully they had. And my vet, I love my vet so much. And they were, we, we called them immediately and they were able to see her and take her in. And so we got her to the vet like in under 30 minutes since it happened. And so they cleaned out the wound and it thankfully... Um, this dog was a puppy. It was already massive, but it was a puppy. And I think if it were full grown, she would have been way, way more injured because it just would have been so much stronger. Mm -hmm. But um, they cleaned out her wound and stapled her up and she's on antibiotics and painkillers for eight days. Um, so she, I think she's doing better than I'm doing right now, honestly, yeah. because I'm just dealing with the trauma and, you know, like just feeling bad i'm so. just yeah i'm just thinking about the shock you know the trauma <clears throat> yeah. the shock the adrenaline yeah it was it was a lot when you called me and you were telling me what was going on i was like do not even come over here we will record tomorrow get rosie to the vet make sure she's okay i was just pissed at the neighbors and like the whole dog situation yeah. you know if your dog is capable of jumping over a fence it needs to be leashed and it needs to be trained mm -hmm. um it just makes me fearful of any of your other neighbors walking their dogs or having their children right. walking down the street yeah yeah it could have been a small kid yeah and so the situation is really complicated. Everyone's telling me to report them and whatever. And I mm -hmm. might just go and talk to them more and try to educate them more about what they need to do to leash their dog and train their dog and whatever and to not get like police involved or whatever because they, the, it was a teenager whose dog it is. And so I don't think he quite understood the severity of the situation when it first happened. Mm -hmm. And his mom wasn't home when it happened and she was home later and I spoke to her. And so I would feel really guilty like reporting them at this point and... But um, I, I really want, I don't want this to happen to anyone ever again. Mm -hmm. And so this is like a little PSA for you. Always leash your dog. I don't care how good you think your dog is or how well trained you think it is. It does not matter. Leash your dog because any other dog could run up on it or your dog could run up on another dog or you just don't know how someone's going to behave or react mm -hmm. in a situation. So yeah. train your dog, leash your dog. And um, yeah, just yeah be, i just be feel careful. so bad for you i hate that you had to go through that that is that is seriously traumatic i cannot yeah. imagine being in your shoes how i would feel in that situation i know that i would be physically shaking and yeah. sick to my stomach and i was angry too i was i mean the full gambit yeah. and you know even today i just have feel so emotionally raw and drained but mm -hmm. like at school when i was at work today all of my students, I didn't tell them all of what happened because I just couldn't. I just couldn't tell the story again, you know, mm -hmm. but I did have a headache today. And so I had just told them, like, I have a headache today. So, like, just please try to be respectful and a little quieter today. And like I had the lights off and um, 
but the kids were great. They were so wonderful. And then, of course, like midday, we started seeing stuff on Twitter about D3. D3, yeah. And when I was just like in the depths of like having all these flashbacks and just feeling so awful, like, you know, Mm -hmm. having gone through that. I'm like, get this glimmer of hope that like Yungi is gonna like come and save me. He's with gonna his music. save you. You know he, yeah. And uh, his timing. His timing is just impeccable. And I really, really hope that by the time this episode comes out, or like the day or two after that, we have D three because, yeah. oh my gosh. Even if we don't get D three this weekend, right? We know that it's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming from BTS. We've seen all these pictures of them in the recording studio. Mm-hmm. Definitely new music on the way. Yeah, but we we're we're past clowning. We're like into. We fully believe we're getting D three. Yeah, like, we're just we're there. We just believe it because he posted two Instagram posts, both at six p.m. Korean Standard Time, with the only caption being D, which is like the same way he counted down on Twitter for D two D two. So you know, it just seems like very obvious that he's going to release something soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyways. I know that that was a really bummer of a story to tell oh. here at the beginning of the podcast, but I wanted to explain why it was a day late and also that, uh, you know, D- D3 is really mm-hmm. getting me through right now. So yeah. I hope it comes out because, uh, wow, you that too. would just be amazing. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, welcome back. <laughs> uh, we're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Your favorite informative fangirl podcast. Yeah. All right. Today we're going to hang out for about an hour and we're doing a ship series episode. So if you're new to the show or you've never listened to a ship series episode before, we do want to do a small disclaimer and give just a brief description of how we cover ships. So our ship series is a about covering the friendship pairings within BTS. We love all the ships, all of the members of BTS. All of them. All of them. Shipping is just a part of the fandom culture. But if you don't ship or you aren't familiar with shipping, that doesn't mean that you won't enjoy this conversation. We respect all the members and we keep this conversation fun and lighthearted as we talk about the friendships between the BTS members. Mm -hmm. So how we normally get into ships, let's go ahead and throw it to Kayla and Bethany of the past to see what ship we're covering today. Okay, so this is Kayla and Bethany Mm pre-research, and uh, it's been a long time. It's probably been over a year since we actually drew names from a cup, but typically for the ship series, we do it so randomly where we just put the BTS members' names in a cup, mix them up, shake it up, and then... randomly and draw two names yeah so that's what we're about to do we're gonna see, so we're gonna who, see who we're shipping <laughs> who we're shipping today <laughs> i just drew jim and nam june again so no <laughs> we got yungi yungi okay, all right i got the cup it's always a thrill <laughs> Jimin. Oh, Yoon Oh, my gosh. Oh my we're God. doing Yoon It's been long awaited. Wow. Oh. Oh, God. People are going to freak. People <laughs> have requested Yoon since the dawn of the ship series. Well, it's one of the major ships. Like, yeah. one of the OG ships, I'd oh say. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to get into research. Yeah. Yoon was my first Ooh. ship who I shipped first. So. It was your oh first ship. God. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to get into research, and then in no time at all for you guys, we'll be back with our episode about Yoon Yeah. All right. Let's go. Ooh. 
But real quickly before we get into today's episode, we want to say thank you, Iconics, for being here and for all of your love and support. If you want to support us even further on access to Google Docs and Iconic Hangouts and sound checks, you can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standingbts. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting up bi-weekly episodes. Any type of support you have to offer is super appreciated just thank you for being here and for listening yeah um okay it is february and we always pick a charity of the month and this month we're doing it a little bit differently because it's also black history month here in the united states so we wanted to do something to um you know educate or just you know respect the month and you know bring attention to it um and in the past we have suggested charities to support during black history month so this month we want to do something a little different and suggest some books Mm -hmm. um so in our doc and we'll link it in the description of this episode also we found this really great article um with a hundred books written by black women to read and we scrolled through and we found a couple that we're gonna read this month Yeah, so the book that I picked out is African American Music and Introduction by Melanie V. Burnham and Portia K. Maltzby. And it's a combination of ethnographic fieldwork and historical research. This 17 essay book on secular and non secular African American music covers the tradition fully and with depth. And it is quoted by Perry, who says, Every lover of American music should have this book. Wow. So, this is something I really want to educate myself more on mm-hmm. is just the tradition of African American music and its influence on like popular music today. Yeah. Um, I found something that was, you know, kind of along the same lines that really interested me. It's called Invisibility Blues from Pop to Theory by Michelle Wallace. And this is a profound look at how black people's artistic rigor has been overlooked and underrepresented across mainstream media, politics, and pop culture. This is a really big conversation, I feel like, nowadays in, you know, 2022. Mm -hmm. But this book was written in 1990. And I'm just interested in the insight, you know. Yeah. Um, Another one that really stood out to me that I will probably pick up as well is Black Eyed Susans and Midnight Birds, Stories by and About Black Women, edited by Mary Helen, Helen Washington. And what's intriguing to me about this is that it's a collection. And so you get to read writings from many different Black women who are these incredible novelists that, you know, you may not even know their names because we just haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to them and read their books. Um, So this is a short story collection which explores what it means to be Black and a woman in America. It features a wide range of Black female writers, including but not limited to Gwendolyn Brooks, Gail Jones, Tony Cade, Bambara, and Alex Walker. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm really excited lots about of, that one too. Lots of knowledge and exposure with different stories like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's important, you know, Bethany, you and I both consider ourselves feminists and it's mm-hmm. important to be intersectional with your feminism. And yeah. you really can't be unless you try to understand what it's like to be a black woman or a Hispanic woman or an Asian woman and, you know, make sure that we're lifting up their voices and supporting their stories. And for anyone to progress and do better, we have to make sure the people that are treated the worst and, you know, most underrepresented get the most support. So mm-hmm. reading stories like this and get poems to hear like their this stories, yeah. is a good way to, you know, get that insight and to, you know, understand. And self-educate. Yeah. yeah. So um, definitely spend this month self-educating yourself. Do not put it on the shoulders of your Black friends and neighbors to 
educate you on everything. It is really not their job. It's your job. It's mm -hmm. your job. So educate yourself with these amazing books. We also are going to link multiple charities. And if you are not a big reader and you want to donate to charity instead, do so. Um, the NAACP is great. The ACLU Foundation and the Southern Poverty Law Center are all great charities foundations that definitely support um, Black voices across America. So we'll link those in the description as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's go ahead and get into Yoonman. Oh my God, guys, Yoon this is a ship that we have been waiting for. We've been waiting to draw it. Literally. This was your first ship, Kayla. This was my absolute first ship, and I shipped Yoonman so hard, mm -hmm. so, so hard until I fell in love with Minjun. But shipped <laughs> Yoonman so hard, and uh, so I've been really, really excited to finally dive into the ship yeah. series. Yeah. So we're first going to go over just their personality types. We're going to get into like their Korean blood type and then we're also going to get into their zodiac signs mm -hmm. for ships we always do flirtatious moments and we do friendship moments to wrap up the episode so you get both you know both flirty the best of both and the friendship yeah. yeah so for the personality types they're meyer briggs jimin is enfj which is the protagonist and for the protagonists, these warm, forthright types love helping others, and they tend to have strong ideas and values. They back their perspective with the creative energy to achieve their goals. This is so Jimin. Very Jimin. Love helping others. Very him. Mm -hmm. Yoongi, he's INTP, which is the logician. And these flexible thinkers enjoy taking an unconventional approach to many aspects of life. They often seek out unlike, unlikely paths, mixing willingness to experiment with personal creativity. Wow. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm really hitting the nail on the head there. Literally. <laughs> so we found just like these personalities mixing together and just like romantic relationships, you know, flirty relationships, I guess, how they interact. So INTPs and ENFJs may be different, but they work well in balancing each other. INTPs are more easygoing and logical, while ENFJs are more emotionally connected and organized. INTPs can help ENFJs see new possibilities when making decisions, while ENFJs can help INTPs stay on track and achieve big goals. Wow. Yeah. That's some really great balance between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely see in that description both, you know, Jimin and Yoongi's personality kind of coming through there. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the Korean blood type. Jimin is blood type A. And according to the Korean chart, people with blood type A are known to be diplomatic and friendly. Likewise, they are delicate hearted and effectively get injured. Along these lines, it requires some investment for them to open up to individuals. Others may take this negatively and interpret them as snobs because people with blood type A are good at suppressing their feelings and do not express themselves as much as other blood types. Um, just the people might think of them as snobs, make me think of, of Jimin, how we say he's unapproachable. Unapproachable, totally. Like, so when he wants mm -hmm. to put that on, he so does. Mm -hmm. um, Yoongi is blood type O, and blood type O is seen as natural leaders, practical and friendly. They're specialists at communicating their opinions constructively, ensuring that everyone listens to them while remaining friendly to all. They realize how to control their feelings quite well, giving us a significant impression of being calm and under 
control. Wow. <laughs> so you <laughs> wow. <weird>, right? <laughs> yeah. Talk about hitting the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, though blood type O's may have a reputation for being powerful outside, however, they are responsive inside. People with blood type O have some problems voicing their feelings because of a fear of rejection, and they often seem to tire themselves out trying to get things done perfectly. What's interesting about these two blood types is that they are seen as being most compatible with each other. Blood type A compatible with O and O with A. So you men on a compatibility level with both the Myers-Briggs and the blood type, they're so compatible. They are. Yeah. And I can't wait until we get more into their ship because you really see that compatibility between these two. Okay. So lastly, for their zodiac signs, Jimin is a Libra. Yoongi is a Pisces. And overall, Libra and Pisces are very compatible match as long as they're able to achieve a balance between spending time together and and carving out some alone time. They both highly value love and relationships. They share many similar interests and they both long to have a fairy tale romance. This is like literally describing them both to a T. Okay, but listen to this part. The Libra partner wants someone strong, passionate, and confident, while Pisces want a partner who is gentle, compassionate, and aware of their feelings. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Which I just think gentle gentle is like such a great word and compassionate mm-hmm. such great words to describe Jimin. yeah you know? and uh passionate and confident incredible words to describe Yungi. Yeah. yeah yeah um so with these in mind with their com- compatibility on all different levels in mind let's get into some of their flirtatious moments that yes. we have so one thing that we really noticed through Yunmin research is them constantly bickering and teasing each other. There are so many videos of them bickering and arguing, or there's videos of them acting like, quote unquote, an old married couple, and it's literally just them bickering. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really awesome. We found this video clip um, from early debut, from a BTS episode in early debut. We linked it in the doc for you. Um, but Yoongi is telling this ca- the camera, it's like, he's like, Jim is behind him, like messing with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I suffer every day because of Park Jimin, which is like so valid. Don't yeah. we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? We all suffer because of Park Jimin. Really? But then later on, I guess after their, you know, filming or whatever was over, they're in the car together, Jimin and Yoongi. And Jimin was teasing Yoongi. And Yoongi is like, Jimin always treats me like this. He doesn't love me. He treats mm-hmm. me so poorly. I to, look what I have to put up with. And then Jimin, like, gets real serious and earnestly says that he loves him and Mm -hmm. then he like even he moves over close and like literally gets into Yoongi's seat like on top of him in his lap in his lap yeah (laughs) pressing his whole body against the side of Yoongi and he's like Yoongi I love you yeah you know and Yoongi's just like whatever like you know he's yeah like, what i love about yoongi's reaction is he's saying oh he's pretending now right he's pretending to love me and then when he gets on his lap yoongi's like okay you're scaring me yeah like, like at that point Yungi he's was freaked like, out I'm uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> too close yeah too close super cute they really are always bickering and you see it a lot on run episodes like in run episodes when Yoongi and Jimin are both getting competitive, like they get so sassy with each other going back and forth. <laughs> Literally. So there was a run episode where they were doing a cooking challenge and Jimin was not following Yoongi's orders properly at all. And so Yoongi 
scold him and Jimin responds by back hugging Yoongi and just like begging for mm-hmm. forgiveness behind him like oh I'm so cute <laughs> like it's really not that bad but Yoongi was pissed <laughs> he like still wanted to scold him even with Jimin yeah. like hanging off yeah, of him yeah he's like I told you like it was over salt and sugar uh-huh. like you know having to test them to see which one was which and Jimin like didn't do it and so he just kind of laughs about it but it's just funny to see them bicker like this yeah also, in a run episode where they were doing the uh, decibel challenge. So, you can't go over 80 decibels. It was kind of like an ASMR type like mm-hmm. um, episode, but they couldn't go over 80 decibels. And Jimin broke that level just by laughing <laughs> to himself. And Yoongi incredulously yelled across the table is ramen funny to you because like that's what they were talking about he was so pissed he was so pissed but of course it just makes jim and laugh yeah i mean he wasn't like seriously like pissed but is hilarious how mad he was but he had just his expression was mm-hmm. just so funny but it's almost like jimin wants to get this reaction mm-hmm. out of yoongi and yoongi is so calm and collected most of the time but during these games like it kind of comes out of yoongi and jimin <laughs> knows it and jimin just like loves seeing this this kind of reaction from yeah Yungi. he's trying to coax it out mm-hmm. yeah it's cute um this other run episode i think it was run episode 86 where they played some whiteboard games and you think or you know it's I, episode 86 okay whatever <laughs> you just whipped it's it written out in the dock it's written in the dock okay i'm I just, just trying was to have funny. some flow you know <laughs> sorry um but that's fine a little behind the scenes for you um but things definitely got carried away in this run episode because like first of all Yungi and Jimin start bickering across the table, of course, and they're sitting on opposite ends of the table. And Yungi, in his like bickering with Jimin, is sitting like J Hope is immediately to his right, and then Namju next to J Hope, and he ropes them into it too. So they're kind of like teasing and bickering back at Jimin, mm-hmm. and so like the whole thing just goes to shit. Like mm-hmm. I think in you know, like the producers, like everything's derailed. BTS is just all over the place. But this is like the ultimate savage. Yoongi versus Petty Jimin moment. Yeah. And this is like a theme. Like this, that's how I would classify their bickering. Because Jimin, like you said, he wants to see Yoongi like get to that point mm-hmm. because he's normally so quiet and reserved and you know doesn't let that affect him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really fun for Jimin for Yoongi to get all savage like that. And mm-hmm. then Jimin gets to be petty, which he just I think he genuinely has fun with. Mm-hmm. So Yoongi is like teasing Jimin over his reaction to getting questions incorrect and not being able to find answers like that's how it all started and it just it like spread like wildfire after yeah. that they end up imitating each other like jimin is mocking yungi's voice and facial expressions and like it's just hilarious and crazy and uh, yeah jimin yeah. does really good impressions and seeing him do this impression of yungi here like mocking his voice and everything is just hilarious mm-hmm. um yeah, so they just bicker all the time, and mm-hmm. the, even to the point where they completely derail run BTS episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For our entertainment, right? And they weren't sitting next to each other. No. They're, like, bickering from across the room. I mean, they're, it's not, like, a short table either. They're no. probably, like, 20 feet apart. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, they were yelling so, yeah. and standing up and, like, shaking their fists and uh-huh. just hilarious. Anyways. <laughs> On the other side of the spectrum between bickering and teasing each other, 
They're also very, very comfortable with touching each other. Physical like, touch. Yeah. Physical touch is not a big deal to either of them. And like they'll casually hold hands to this day. We saw clips from very recent run episodes where they're like Jim and will grab Yungi's hand and they're holding hands walking through the space together. So in their early days, you constantly see Jimin giving Yungi back hugs. Like he's just hanging off of him all the time. He loves to show his affection for his young through skinship. And we know from looking at other ships with Jimin that he's really affectionate with his members. He's not, you know, afraid to go and, like, love on them. Yeah. Um, it's how he shows affection. Yeah, like, physical touch. Physical touch is not out of the norm for Jimin, but we know with other Yungi ships that Yungi is not always real receptive mm-hmm. to physical touch. But for Jimin and Yungi, it just looks natural and comfortable. Like, yeah. it, you don't see any aversion on Yungi's side. Right. Um. Or really any kind of like strong giddiness. It just looks comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that too because like we've done, you know, like Yungi and Young. Totally different. Totally Tae-gi. different. Like Yungi would not, he would run away from Young if he's trying to hug him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Yungi isn't like blushing and like melting into it when Jimin is, you know, touching him in this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. But very comfortable, very like accepting and open to it. Yungi doesn't shy away. I feel like he reciprocates. Yeah. He's not like overreacting to it, but he's reciprocating it. Um, we found this clip like Yunmin has been around since the beginning of BTS. This is an OG ship. OG this, ship. Yeah. And this clip is from a No More Dream comeback stage, like behind the scenes clip. Again, link in the doc. Um, but Yungi is seen like rubbing Jimin's neck while Jimin is giving an interview, like kind of giving him a little neck massage, but then also he's just kind of like he get he ends up lightly caressing the side of his neck like touching it's wild like i don't know what yungi like yungi was just really loving on jimin he was like in a trance like mesmerized by just doing that you know and then like he kind of snapped out of it and then just like wrapped his whole arm around jimin and stood there for the rest of the time and i was like Okay, hold on. What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> so I can see why, like, it's such an OG ship because they were doing that from the beginning, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but then even in more recent behind-the-scenes clips, you can see Yunmin sitting, you know, for example, closer to each other than need be, um, mm-hmm. like on a couch, where we saw this clip of it was on a couch, Jimin, Yungi, and Hosok, and we love soap, and mm-hmm. we think of soap as such a valid ship, but Yungi had, like four inches of space between him and Hobie and then him and Jimin were all up on top of each other like yeah. all intertwined lounging all over each other mm-hmm. and that was pretty recent so yeah anyways yeah. there's a lot of comfort there yeah yeah I still I cannot get over that behind the scenes or like come backstage for no more dream like I'm just never gonna be over that where Yoongi is I mean, Jimin is like just talking and Yoongi is rubbing, like, caressing with his fingers so, like, tenderly on yeah. Jimin's neck, staring at him, Lightly. like, listening so intently. Mm-hmm. Like, my God. Okay. <laughs> like, that, I totally see that as a flirty moment. Yeah. Like, Yoongi, we get it. You're obsessed. Yeah. So are we. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of really flirty moments from the 2016 ISAC um competition which mm-hmm. is where like a bunch of k-pop idols compete and they're and, like, like different like, athletic wrestling, competitions yeah, athletic yeah competitions yeah so this 2016 time period is when we have mint hair uni mint haired yungi mm-hmm. and orange hair jimin yes which oh, is just classic. like iconic period for these two like, i feel they, like when you think about yunmin that's the yunmin. that's where you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's the it yunmin yeah yeah <laughs> 
So during all of the Isaac moments from 2016, they are right next to each other, like throughout like the entire competitions. So I don't know if this was from the 2016 Isaac, actually, now I think about it. Because I think that Yungi had different colored hair in this clip. Yeah. It might have been the 2017 Isaac for this first one. Or even earlier. Or 15. Yeah. Well, regardless. Regardless. Whatever. They have okay. deep history in ISAC. You guys will know this one. Yeah. So this is when Yoongi is representing BTS in like basketball. And he's down on the main floor. And he has his head like literally all the way to the ground. Like his eyes are <laughs> glued to the floor. Mm -hmm. Because Jimin is up above like in the balcony level where there's the crowd. And Jimin is shouting down, Man, you! like just cheering <laughs> on Yoongi Amazing. like the biggest cheerleader in the crowd for yeah. Yoongi and Yoongi is like so embarrassed he cannot look at Jimin he can't look at his teammates like he's just so embarrassed it's hilarious it's iconic mm -hmm. um boyfriends we, boyfriends love the support yeah love the support <laughs> but from the 2016 Isaac they really are like at each other's hips they mm -hmm. are like glued to each other so we see them like play wrestling each other while they're waiting for an event i mm -hmm. think they're practicing yeah but they're hunched over like holding on to each other's hips for this wrestling competition which you're supposed to do but it's just you know i don't know nice yeah. to see them play wrestling yeah <laughs> you know like also what i noticed while watching some of the isaac moments was that Jimin would like go around and he'd be greeting different people that he knew in like the community from other bands and whatever and like Yoongi would just kind of like go with him you know mm -hmm. be following him and like just literally just stuck to his side and then like they would sit down somewhere else with like somebody new and J Jimin and Yoongi would be chit-chatting and Jimin would bring him into the conversation and like just like I feel like making being the, him feel comfortable yeah being the extrovert mm -hmm. being <laughs> yeah. the extrovert for yeah. Yoongi's introvert totally yeah. totally yeah it's cute and you see them just sitting next to each other talking mm -hmm. and you know they just there's a lot of comfort between the two um but something else that happened at isaac is jimin they like had gone and done the archery and we couldn't see like from the videos that we saw we couldn't see how jimin was doing necessarily but based on yoongi's reaction you could tell that jimin was doing a fantastic job mm -hmm. and yoongi was like so proud yeah. like so so proud like patting him on his back like yeah you just could see yoongi being all excited for jimin mm -hmm. and like proud that jimin was his teammate but there's a part where jimin is heading towards yoongi and Yoongi like cradles Jimin's head, like congratulating him that he did like such a great job after this archery event. Mm -hmm. And like the just that like tender touch, you know, and that closeness of like cradling his face is so cute. And it's like mm -hmm. the orange and mint haired Yoonmin. And it's oh, like it's perfection. It's precious. <laughs> and super intimate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I yeah. love that moment. And I just love seeing Yoongi being so proud of Jimin. Oh my gosh. So moments. insanely proud. Yeah. And then when Yoongi was, you know, going doing his arrows, Jimin was sitting there watching him and was like super impressed by him. Mm -hmm. Like he was just like kind of looking him up and down and just like, damn, like you're really killing it. And the of. thing is is like Jungkook is there too. Like right. Jungkook is there doing the archery event but like there's no interactions happening like what's going on between you and men right yeah interesting mm -hmm. so something that i personally thought of with you and men that i always think of is the Bepse dance practice video which this dance practice video just has so many legendary moments mm -hmm. within it but something about you and men 
in this dance practice. Oh, yeah. They just look so hot. Mm-hmm. And Jimin just, I feel like, is coming on to Yoongi the entire time. So hard. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he just, like, was really into Yoongi that day. Oh, yeah. Um, but during the choreography, whenever they're, like, near each other, they're they're touching each other. They're just, like, Jimin is right up on Yoongi in any moment that they're kind of close during the choreo. My favorite part is, like, during one of the hip thrusting parts. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all hip thrusting. Right. But Jimin gets, like, right up on Yoongi and hip thrusts on Yoongi. Onto him. <laughs> and it's so, it's so, like painfully obvious to to watch because at this moment Yoongi is literally front and center mm-hmm. and Jimin's right behind him you know so like it's like Jimin was not shy about it he was not trying to hide it but oh, he, he was got, not hiding it he I mean he really broke formation to get closer to Yoongi and mm-hmm. hip thrust onto him and he's smirking and like biting his lip like yeah oh <laughs> like I'm God. hip thrusting on Yoongi like I just cannot believe <sighs> that he did that he was he was something else during that dance practice yeah 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 um, and then, of course, during the dance practice, too, Yoongi does his iconic little dance move. I think he was, he ended up losing some challenge where uh-huh. he had to, like, do his own dance move there at the end where all the members got to stand back and look at him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this, like, cute, dorky Yoongi dance that he does. And Jimin hysterically laughs, like, I mean, hunched over almost on the ground, laughing at Yoongi, like, getting this kind of response from Jimin just because he thinks it's so funny yeah. that Yoongi's doing this. And Yoongi does like a little twerk too. He does a which little is twerk. Hilarious. Yeah. And Jimin clearly loves it. <laughs> right. He can't take his eyes off him besides when he's hunched over laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really want to talk about the BTS dinner party. And this scene is uh, uh, to me also iconic because mm-hmm. in it kind of leading up to it, Young was sharing that, Yoongi had texted him and told him in this text that he loved him. It was a really long text of support that Yoongi had, you know, spent the time to text out to Young, And then at the end of it, he said he loved him. And Young decides to share this story at BTS dinner party. And this is like, you know, a bit into the evening. All of them have been drinking soju for, uh, you know, a and while. Mm-hmm. And so they're all very like loose and having a great time. Mm-hmm. And um, Jimin gets so jealous mm-hmm. that Yoongi has said this to Taeyang and that he hasn't said it to him at least not recently it's yeah. kind of implied that it, it's been a while or something well it's not Yoongi doesn't willingly or like very often, often say I love you mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have to like pry, pry it out of him mm-hmm. so yeah, all of the members are a little envious, but Jimin particularly is jealous. He won't like, let it go. Yeah, he won't let it go. Because all of the members, like Namjoon and Jin, even comment, you know, like, I've never gotten a text like that, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Jimin, he's really hanging on to it. And so Jimin begs Yoongi to tell him that he loves him. And he says it would give him a lot of strength if he did. And Yoongi just so understated and nonchalantly just looks up from his food and he's like low voice jimina i love you mm-hmm. oh yeah and jimin it's his, jimin's reaction his for reaction me. is just everything he just he can't help it he's just so filled with love he crosses his arms and he's just Ooh, and then just yeah. throws his head back and he's laughing because he just is so happy that Yoongi has told him that he yeah. loves him pure joy pure joy mm-hmm. yeah I mean it, it's bottled up inside of him you know bubbling up in him he can't even help it it's so cute and uh 
you know so he's just over the moon that yungi has told him this and i just love that moment too mm-hmm. that's definitely like a flirtatious romantic even though it's like in a dinner party setting with all of bts i just think it's so cute jimin's reaction yeah like to me jimin's reaction gives like some validity to it yeah well how meaningful it is it's so meaningful yeah yeah, yeah. and also so sweet that even though this is something that yungi doesn't like to say very often that he ended up giving that to Jimin because yeah. Jimin so badly wanted it. And he also isn't like public about it. Like he sent Taeyang a text. Like he really wanted to yeah. support Taeyang and whatever. So he decided to, he's not but going he, up and telling him this in person. Yeah. But then for Jimin, for Jimin, he'll say it right there in person, live in front of True. everybody. Like, damn, that's, that's a good meaningful. point. That's a good point. Because when, when Taeyang was sharing that, you could just hear Yungi, Hajima, stop, stop. <laughs> like he's like so embarrassed like face in his palm yeah like stop yeah <laughs> uh, uh so but he's not embarrassed to tell jimin no yeah no yeah Hey, I'm Kayla from Standing BTS. After you check out the latest episode of our show, be sure to check out some of the other great programs on Consequence Podcast Network, including Rootsland, an original story of two friends who take a musical and spiritual journey from the suburbs of Long Island to the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. The Opus is Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head over to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. So those are kind of all of our flirtatious moments, mm-hmm. but let's talk about some more Let's talk about the friendship. friendship. Yeah. yeah, some really great friendship moments. So when we went in to do this research, this was some this was a moment that I had in mind that I think is just one of the best Yunmin interactions that I think have ever happened. So these two really comfort and support each other. Like they really comfort one another. Mm-hmm. And Yoongi especially supports Jimin. And so Jimin has, since the beginning of debut, like before debut, pre-debut, Jimin had to learn to sing. There was actually a moment where they thought he could be a rapper, he could be a singer. And so he really had to develop his vocal ability. But because of this, he's been insecure with his vocals and mm-hmm. he's always op- he's always been open about that with Yoongi. And Yoongi actually uh, we find out that Yoongi ended up advocating for Jimin at Big Hit by saying like, "Hey, he needs to be a singer, not a rapper." Don't, like make, he, him don't rapper. make him be a rapper. Yeah. yeah. So, because of this insecurity, there's this scene where they're both riding in the car together. And honestly, I can't remember if it was like after a concert, if they're going in between like schedules, but it looks like it's nighttime. Mm. And Yoongi's on the left, Jimin's on the right. It looks like the end of the day. They're both really tired. Yoongi's eyes look like they're practically shut, like mm-hmm. he's so tired. But as they're riding together, Yoongi compliments Jimin's voice and says that his voice is really nice. And he says it so matter of factly. And you see Jimin just get the smallest little grin on his face. Like, it's not, like, too much, but just enough where you can see that that compliment meant so much for him. Mm -hmm. And Yoongi continues to say that, like, his voice is his taste and that, like, he particularly likes Jimin's voice. During, like, Burn the Stage, you hear Yoongi talk about Jimin's voice and saying that, like, 
it's exactly his style that he's not trying to say that Jimin's a better vocalist than anyone else. Like he's not comparing. It's just his preference. Mm -hmm. That's how much he loves Jimin's voice. And that just is such a huge supportive, like compliment that Yoongi is giving to Jimin that it's like Jimin already has these insecurities about his voice. Not so much anymore. I think that's really gone away. He's, Mm -hmm. he's really developed and grown as a singer, but you know, you can just see the support, the love and support from the beginning and that it continues to this day and that, like, it's Jimin's voice that really, like, tunes into Yoongi's ear. Mm-hmm. Like, love that. Yeah. Love that. I mean, Yoongi is not the type to freely give out compliments, just like he doesn't easily say, I love you to people. And, you know, so for him to so willingly give this meaning, super meaningful compliment. He mm-hmm. knew how much that would resonate with Jimin to tell him that. And, you know, I just think that that those types of moments are really something that can't be overlooked. And mm-hmm. it's something that means the world. And it's like what their friendship is built on. Because, you know, for Yoongi to say that, Jimin had been talking about all of his insecurities and he was bringing up how Big Hit had wanted him to be a rapper. and You know, mm-hmm. and so it's just like... So wonderful to see how they can share their most profound like insecurities with each other and concerns with each other and feel like that other person is really going to listen and care and help them because mm-hmm. it seems like really that's what Yoongi has done so much for Jimin. And I think that we've seen Jimin be an amazing support for Yoongi also. Yeah, yeah. So for Yoongi, what I really think of is when... They were at their concert and Yoongi saw his parents in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And this was like HYYH, maybe even before HYYH. But it was so meaningful for him to see his parents supporting him and cheering him on in the crowd that he fell to his knees and bowed down on stage and was just sobbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so many emotions. I don't know. I could never say like what he felt in that moment. But you see Jimin come over. He's the member who immediately comes to him and leans down right next to him and is rubbing his back and is just right there next to him, comforting him while mm-hmm. he's, you know, just so overwhelmed with emotion seeing mm-hmm. his parents there at the concert. He must have just felt intense pride mm-hmm. and, you know, like almost a feeling of that he made it and you know to be able to see it was a huge concert and, and also for, the like the approval from yeah, his parents yeah. yeah to be able to show them that he is successful and that he chose the right path you mm-hmm. know because he really struggled to get here um but yeah Jimin immediately I mean all of the other members were in proximity too but Jimin noticed and swooped down and was just right there rubbing his back comforting him talking to him as Yoongi's just sobbing mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah huge yeah. comfort they're both such comforts to each other and such support so um another way that Jimin has been there for Yoongi is during the Map of the Soul press conference, Yoongi mentions that Jimin came to him to cheer him up after they had had like a really long day. They had been working really hard. And that in that moment, he didn't really show it, but that he was very grateful inside that Jimin was there to cheer him up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you see Yoongi like expressing his gratitude now, like months later. Yeah. And 
Jimin is already like at the press conference, like mocking or like kind of just like <laughs> bickering at you and be like, oh, now you tell me, you know, right. that you actually were really grateful for that moment. Right. And it's just funny that they're bickering back and forth in this moment. Yeah, but you see this like imitated int- him then and yeah. acted out how Yungi responded was just like, oh, you're here. Oh, sit over there. Oh, sit over there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like classic Yoon men. That's like just how they treat each other. But it's quite evident that behind the scenes, behind that front that they have with each other, there's like this serious, deep love and care for one another. Mm-hmm. Yoongi knows why Jimin was there and Jimin knows why he showed up, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have that kind of bond and that deep connection where like, you know, it was so wonderful for Jimin even months later to get the validation for sure verbally from Yoongi that like that really meant a lot to him. Mm -hmm. But I think, you you know, Jimin in the moment knew like Yoongi needs someone right now, even if I'm just going to sit there like it'll be a help to him and you know I I think throughout their history and their friendship Jimin tends to do this like he really he takes care of Yoongi in this way and he always looks after him when he has those late nights in the studio and you know making sure that he gets his coffee and you know that he's getting fed too and um, you know it's kind of like a thing for for Yoonmin and uh, so I just love that Jimin supports him I love that that. Jimin doesn't need that feedback from him either you know that he knows Yoongi well enough that he might not be able in that moment to reciprocate it or express his gratitude or be or even outwardly say you know yeah I'm okay like yeah. thanks for being here whatever like Jimin just wants to be there to comfort him and just knows him so well that yeah he doesn't expect that of him and Yoongi also doesn't have to ask for it either which he probably wouldn't want to do he doesn't want to ask for someone to come mm-hmm. sit with him while he's you know sad or low on energy or whatever but Jimin just knows yeah and Jimin cheered him up and he did moment. he really cheered him up wow Yeah, so there's such great comforts to each other, which is why their friendship runs so deep, because when you can have that comfort level, it just, it, you know, it means so much. You can be so emotionally intimate with each other. Yeah. Um, a friendship moment that must be mentioned. One of the most iconic Yunmin moments in all of time and history. Truthfully. <laughs> the Tony Montana performance. Yes. <laughs> the original Augusti song is not featuring Jimin. However, for the third muster, Yoongi wrote a verse specifically for Jimin, which just makes me think about your point where, like, Jimin's voice is to his taste. And, you know, he yeah, just wants Yoongi's to a work producer, with Jimin. You know, like, yeah. as a producer, he must have, like, this finer ear where he mm-hmm. can tune in to Jimin's voice and, like, the value of it. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. Fuck yes. Okay. Um, So anyways, he wrote this verse for Jimin. And when the performance is happening, it was a complete surprise for armies in attendance that Jimin would come out on stage because they're just thinking, you know, typically during muster, BTS gets to perform songs that they don't ever perform that like they would never perform in a full tour because it doesn't fit into a set list, but beloved songs by army. So we're just thinking, oh, awesome. We're getting a Tony Tony Montana Montana performance. Incredible. Yoongi is like, fucking crouch walking all over the stage Cocky. so cool yeah. yes oh my gosh and then after the first chorus you hear jimin and then you see him rise out of the stage yes. and it's like oh my god armies went fucking crazy and then jimin has this like little rap verse and he rapped his heart out yeah i mean he did he is super still to this day super insecure about his rap it's not something he likes to do but mm-hmm. i feel like in this situation when Yungi was like, I want to put you on my track. I'll write you a verse. We'll work on it together. Like we, they really practiced together and worked on it together. And 
like Yoongi spent the time to like make Jimin comfortable with it. And uh, so Jimin just came out with so much fucking confidence. So much confidence. So much. Yeah. And he looked fine. They both looked fine during this performance. Chains. Chains. I, Iced up. Jimin has like a hat on and sunglasses. Oh, God. The hat. They both have ripped jeans. God, the Damn. ripped jeans. And the really long t-shirts. This is like the Justin Bieber era for their dressing where they have super long t-shirts and yeah. skinny jeans but they look so good they look amazing oh. and also i i've talked about this before in the podcast but like i love soft jimin you know like serendipity jimin mm-hmm. and all that like i really think that's who he is but seeing this like edgier side of him i just like really love yeah and i know that like he doesn't we don't get to see this side of jimin very often yeah. so to be able to see yoongi cocky as hell performing tony montana and then to see this edgy cocky as hell jimin yes. coming out like rapping crouch walking with yoongi like a chain around his neck it's like damn yes. you don't get to see this kind of jimin very often no because you know it's it's not that it's out of its comfort zone but it's just not necessarily him you yeah, know? This, yeah but when he gets the opportunity he rises to the occasion mm-hmm. you know he's like he takes it as a challenge and he totally dominates well he it. can be so confident and like like unapproachable and just extremely intimidating. Mm-hmm. So it's just neat to see him and Yoongi and this performance doing that together. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Iconic. 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 <laughs> Incredible. Oh, that Tony Montana performance. If I could re-experience that, you know, for the first time watching it, I would love to re-experience that again. Yeah, and to have that surprise again of, mm-hmm. oh my God, Jimin's coming out. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I think that was like, during that time and era, I feel like that was the golden years of Yoonmin, you yeah. know, just the height of Yoonmin. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So lastly, for friendship moments, I think back to way back when BTS, shortly after they debuted, Yoongi ended up making all those like handwritten letters and gifts for armies and he wanted to make sure that all of these armies got these gifts and it was a lot of work on him but it was something he wanted to do and Jimin came in and helped him make a lot of these gifts with him so that it wasn't just him doing it alone and I just think like what beautiful friendship and like Jimin being the considerate person that he is and I know that like in that moment, Yoongi isn't, like, super outwardly grateful for it, but you could tell, like, that meant so much to Yoongi that Jimin went and helped him. Yeah, because it's so much work, and mm-hmm. for Jimin to just know he's not going to ask for help, but he would really appreciate it, and I would love to help him. Like, that's just yeah. the balance that they have and yeah. the, the friendship that they have. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so Yoonmin. Overall. How overall do you feel? thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because I thought I would have been more into the flirtatious moments between these two, but when it really comes down to it, I just see this, like, super gorgeous friendship that is so, like, deeply rooted and isn't really shown a whole lot on the surface. Like, I think the bickering that they do is very flirty. Yeah. I think it's super flirty, but the bickering, I think, is, like, this like mask or like front that they both put up with each other. But like deep down, these two are like so intimate and close with each other, mm-hmm. like on a really emotional level. Yeah. And I, I both, I see both of them as very gentle, you know, Jim and I think comes off gentle. 
Yoongi like kind of comes off like a little like harder edged, mm-hmm. but really he, on the inside, we all know he's like this really gentle softy. Mm-hmm. He just isn't outward about it. Mm-hmm. So I see like that connection between the two where they just are very compassionate people and like they're compassionate for each other. And I just think it's super sweet. Yeah. I love them. I love them. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said <laughs> wholeheartedly because I, I just I, I couldn't have summed it up better. They mm-hmm. they do have such an intimate like relationship in their emotional connection. And it's that, like a yeah the emotional connection. The emotional the con- like I think they really understand each other and they understand like I think they share their deepest insecurities. I think they share their their mental health struggles with each other. Yeah. I think they share what they're struggling with in the band with each other. I think that's what those two talk about. Definitely. Because and they know that the other person isn't going to judge them or treat them in any other, you know, negative kind of way, mm-hmm. but they are confidants together and they I think they help each other through it. For and sure. you know like I think Jimin has deep relationships and Yoongi also has deep relationships with all of the other members of BTS, but that specific facet of them like really sharing those types of fears and insecurities with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And because I know like, for example, I really ship Namjoon and Jimin and I love them together. And we know like Namjoon has helped Jimin write music and like express himself through music. And that's been like a big thing that has bonded them. But it's not Jimin coming and sharing these deep wounds that he has and insecurities that he needs to get through or it's not Jimin going to Namjoon and saying um or like noticing what he needs help through or whatever exactly it's Jimin and Yoongi doing that yeah yeah yeah. and just going off what you're saying here like during burn the stage Yoongi was talking about how Jimin when he's out on stage and he doesn't do his best that Yoongi, he straight up says, like, I understand those feelings. Like, I know those feelings and that he can just relate to him on that. So I think, like, Jimin really can confide in Yoongi and know that he, like, really understands the similar, you mm-hmm. know, emotion. Yeah. And that they just, they really do connect on that that kind of level where, you know, it's very different from the other members' relationships. Like, that yeah. super, that like, those insecure the moments. insecurities. In things that, like... You know, he's a singer of like one of the best groups and he's being insecure about his, you know, Mm -hmm. voice. That's like, that's tough. That's really, really tough. And for him to go to Yoongi and and for Yoongi to be his comfort. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. Yoongi, I mean, he jokes about it, but I think he's been like insecure about his looks or, you know, and 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 he's dealt with a lot of issues with like mental health, too. Mm -hmm. And I just think that he is able to connect with Jimin on that level of Mm -hmm. feeling like this lack of confidence and like looking around at the other members and seeing how confident they all are and how incredible they all are. And, you know, almost like trying to feel maybe a little bit inadequate, you know, like, like maybe Yoongi feels like, well, I don't look as perfect as worldwide handsome Kim oh, yeah. Jin or Jimin's yeah. like well I can't sing like Jungkook you know and they're I think they're bonded through that yeah. and, and mean, Jimin's like I can be your filter oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh. that was that was a poor joke no I love that yeah <laughs> um yeah I really I really love Yunmin I would agree with you I see them more as like a really deep friendship mm-hmm. as opposed to like something super super romantic but I know there's a lot of really romantic heavy Yunmin shippers yeah. out there yeah and there's so many Yunmin moments out there that we had to have missed a whole bunch of oh my them God. literally because they are an og ship yeah. 2013 to 2022 that's insane amount of content yeah 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 so i'm sure there's a lot more flirtatious moments between these two so if you guys have some 
definitely have some discourse on social media. Yeah. We'll, we'll tap into the convo because we love to see it. But we really do love Yoon And it just happened that during research, we fell in love with like just the friendship component of it and mm-hmm. just like the connection that they have, you know, on this really, you know, this being able to share their true emotions definitely. and deepest fears with each other. If you have other Yoon moments that you need to share with us, of course, you can DM us. But I think a great way to share it is tweeting it at us instead of like DMing us, because then we can easily quote it or retweet it to share with other iconic. Yeah. So I always love when people share more information like that so please do because yeah. we'd love to share more Yunmin this week mm-hmm. yeah all right well that was our Yunmin episode yeah finally it's finally come oh my gosh what a great what a great start to 2022 yeah. really we're here we are um we just want to quickly say that in our last episode we talked about the disappearance of our first standing bts episode first and, episode ever yeah and someone reached out to us that it still exists over on stitcher so Ooh. if you want to go over to stitcher and hear that <laughs> episode go for it I, mean, I won't be there <laughs> okay i will say that a lot of people gave us feedback saying you guys probably feel like it's really cringy but to us we love it it's great to hear like the inception yeah. of it and it's still content that we enjoy because we all love their hair or whatever mm-hmm. so you know maybe don't take our bias list ranking too seriously and it's all different now at this point and we would never rank them like that nowadays yeah. but you might enjoy the rest of it and uh we were maybe a little too harsh on our ourselves yeah and it's on stitcher so. yeah it's on stitcher and then depending on if d3 happens or not our being an army episode might have to be postponed mm-hmm. potentially but we as of right now are still planning on doing our being an army episode next week yep but if d3 gets released it's we, gonna be d3 we gotta we gotta prioritize we gotta. bts's schedule we really do oh we're not gonna be able to contain ourselves so we'll just end up doing being an army the following week mm-hmm. so we'll have three episodes right after one another yeah three episodes in a row for our amazing iconics during the month of february yes of hobiary yes, uh, yes. Oh, happy birthday yeah happy yeah. birthday j-hope <laughs> Um, well, we really enjoyed putting together this Yunmin episode this week, and it's been forever, it seems, since we've done a ship series. So hopefully it's not another six months before we do it won't be. another ship series. Let's not like that. Let's not have that happen. No, we really need to do like G-Cook. We need... Um, yeah, we need G-Cook. We seriously I want to do Namgi. Oh, God. Oh, I would love Namgi. I love yeah. Namgi so much. Yeah. So we have a... We can definitely have more to do. We have a lot on the horizon. As always, you can reach out to us on social media, Standing BTS Pod or Standing BTS Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we do want to say a special thanks to our supporters on Patreon, especially our VIP iconics, Eileen, Michelle, Deja, Meg, Rachel, Robin, Crystal, Emily, Madison, and Holly. We love you, iconics, so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you for everything. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. And you can find links for all of the things we talked about in this episode in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.